Okay, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dadon Tolbert. This is my live, in-depth analyzation special on the popular hit comedy, Girls Trip, starring Tiffany Haddish, Queen Latifah, Regina Hall, and Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I've been wanting to, first of all, I've been wanting to see this movie for a little while. Um, I have... You know, over the years, I've done a lot of specials on, you know, movies, whether it's Tyler Perry films or um, just, you know, those types of movies, relationship movies, um, comedies, things like that. Um, But doing it specifically from the perspective of wanting to help women see, hey, look, this is how these actions can affect what you're ultimately looking to do. You know, it's not about bashing. Today isn't about bashing or tearing anybody down, but at the end of the day, it's really about, hey, you know, look, what do you want out of life? You know, are you looking for love? Are you looking for relationships? You, you know, or, and, and if so, uh, these are some things that you may want to do. These are some things that you may not want to do. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Um, I have a lot to say about it. So I'm going to kind of reserve a little bit of my, uh, you know, what's going on in the world, just to make that kind of brief uh, for, uh, for today. But there's a few things. First, let me start off with um, thank you to everyone who uh, wished my wife a happy birthday. It was, like, really a lot of love. You got to show her more love than you show me, but now it's all good. A lot of, lot of, uh, lot of well wishes for her. She says thank you uh, to anyone who, um, you know, showed love on her, on her birthday. In fact, she actually got a chance to go out and, uh, and watch the film with, with some of her girlfriends, and um, she, t- she saw it before me. So I asked her, I said, you know, so what's up, like, What's up with girls? Am I gonna like it? She's like, I don't know. I said, What you mean? Well, like, you know, you could, we, you know, if you weren't sitting there with your girlfriends, we probably would have seen it together. Like, you know, you know what I like. She said, uh, You know, I said, Was it was it was it a little crazy? She said, Yeah, you know, it, it was a little crazy. I said, All right, you know, I can deal with crazy. She's like, No, nah, it was it was really crazy. I said, Okay. So you know, uh, that was that. She didn't go into too much detail. So I went to go check it out. Uh, what was that? Monday. Monday afternoon matinee, so I saw it, and, and it was crazy. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail uh, in a little bit about that. I, and, you know, I, I kinda, I'm going to kind of walk through each, you know, the characteristics and the, some of the ma- major actions of each character, and then I'm just going to talk about the film from a um, more of a, a general uh, standpoint. Uh, first, you know, just to, like I said, I don't have a lot to talk about as far as what's going on in the world, but I've got a little bit of time. Um, Don, every, you know, last week a lot of people talk about, were talking about Donald Trump, um, and, and he's been in the news again. And this time it was for the transgender. Uh, everyone's talking about this whole military transgender, you know, new legislation that is, is going to be going into effect, basically uh, banning transsexuals uh, from, you know, from from serving in the military. Um, and I said that I would touch on that. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about that. Um, but I will say this. This is what I will say about it. Be very, very careful, guys, about, you know, believing everything that you see on TV, believing a lot of this quote-unquote pushback, this quote-unquote outrage. A lot of it is BS. A lot of it is nothing but media propaganda. I, you know, I've been posting about this. I've been talking to different people, specifically people in the church, Christians, and and it's not, you know, a lot of people that I've personally spoken to are very much so in favor 
of of this 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 military ban. You know, I'm personally in favor. I don't support transgenders. I don't pre- uh, support the transgender movement. Nothing like that. I think it's it's crazy. I think that people should be who God chose them to be. So any of that, I don't support it. So obviously, I'm in support of this new legislation. So I don't think I just don't recognize it. You know what I mean? Like it's not. You know, you're a man pretending to be a woman. You're a woman pretending to be a man. That's just my thoughts on it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't mind anyone who has different thoughts, but those are my thoughts on it. So I agree with it. I, I Like I said, I talked to a lot of people who agree with it. As Christians, I believe that we should not support anything that God hates. Um, I don't respect Christians who are more passionate about being loved by the world. We've got a lot of people out here who are just in support of it because they think it's what's politically correct. So I don't, you know, that's not what I'm into. I'm not into the fake stuff. Um, real quick, where I'm at, guys, I'm in Philly, and it's a thunderstorm. So if you guys hear my dog barking, he doesn't like the thunder. If you hear, you know, thunder, if you, you know, anything crazy happens with the power outage, just understand it's about to be, it's starting now. I hear thunder now. I don't know if you guys can hear it. But, um, yeah, just be aware of that. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really have to say about the transgender thing. Uh, right now on my television, Donald Trump just got done speaking regarding a brand-new immigration reform bill. I don't know if you guys care about that, um, but it is significant. Um, just real quick, if you guys are working or whatever, um, he it's he it the the government is now limiting severely limiting the number of uh people who will be granted green cards um i think it's from like a million to about a half a million and they're going to be more strict restrict more stricter the restrictions <laughs> put on uh people coming into this country they have to be i think we're saying they have to be skilled workers they have to be you know um it was a few things i didn't get a chance to hear all of it but Look out for that. It's brand new. It was just a breaking news uh, special just now, the, the president speaking. Um, you know, it, like I said, that's all I really want to talk about is pub, uh, publicly regarding politics. Uh, one thing that I said on social media was, you know, guys, we're, we're all brothers and sisters. Most of us, many people listening are Christians. So, you know, at the end of the day, guys, I said online, it's possible to be friends and family even with people, even though they may have political beliefs that happen to be different from yours. You know, there's no reason that people have to be fighting and arguing and, you know, just all this stuff, like disrespecting each other, but it just because of a difference in a, a, an opinion. You know, and for me, you know, I debate with people all day, every day, but as long as it's done, like, in a, in a respectful way, an intelligent way. I'm cool with it. Like, if you like Donald Trump, if you don't like Donald Trump, you like Obama, like, I don't care. As long as you're a cool person and you can intelligently articulate what's going on as far as why you feel how you feel, hey, I'm cool with that. And I don't see why other people can't be cool like that as well. You know, it doesn't matter. If you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, you're in a, it doesn't matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to anybody. You know, we're all Christian brothers and sisters. Politics, guys, is as fake as the WWE. You know what I'm saying? So it's no, it's all fake. It's all a show. The strings are being pulled way behind the scenes, guys. So please understand that. Uh, what else, man? I said online. I said uh, it's very rare. You know, you see a lot of people getting defriended on Facebook, blocked on for different things. I said it's rare that you'll be able to remain friends with someone 
or people from your past who don't understand and support and support your future. That doesn't have anything to do with politics. That could just be, you know, spirituality. That could just be maturity, growth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've cut off a lot of people from my past, not because they feel differently politically, but just because they don't understand where I'm at spiritually. They don't understand who I am, you know, going forward. I'm not the same person at 40. Yeah, I'll be 40 this year, guys. My birthday is December 3rd. I'll be 40. And uh, shout out to me. But, you know what I'm saying, that I was when I was 20. I'm not. I'm a totally different person. And so it's important to recognize your own growth and understand that everyone's not going to be able to take that, uh, you know, that, that journey with you. You know, in fact, you know, as I talk about growth trip, you know, I, I think it's a good example of, of, you know, a lot of people from your past you're just not going to be friends with 10, 5, 10, 15 years later. It's just not because you're different, you know. And, and I think in the movie, you know, which I'll talk about, some of those people should have been left in the past, you know, but that's all, you know, it's a movie and it's fiction and, you know, it kind of is what it is. Like I think that, you know, well, I'll talk about it. Um, Another thing I said online was I said never try to fit in where you're designed to stand out and be exceptional. And that's even something I've struggled with myself over the years. You know, it's like you got a group of people that are the quote-unquote cool crowd you know, and a lot of times people will like, oh, wow, I want to be accepted by them. But the Bible says we're, not, we're a peculiar people. We're not supposed to fit in with everyone else. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be on our own. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to fit in with God, and we're supposed to fit in with other Christians. So it's like why try to fit in with someone just because they support transgenderism? They support homosexuality because somebody on the TV says that we, we have to. You don't have to support that. It's okay to be different. It's okay to not be a hoe even though all your friends may be hoes. It's okay to, to be a stand-up guy even though all your, your, your guy friends might be, you know, dogs or, you know, players, whatever. You know, so just, just you know, keep those things in mind. Um, what else? Real quick, like I said, I'm going to use the, basically the whole show to talk about Girls Trip, so I just, I'm going to kind of run through entertainment news. Um, Rick Ross has been in the news. A lot of people are talking about his comments saying that, if he was in, uh, you know, why hasn't he signed a female artist? And, you know, he said in a very joking way that, uh, you know, he would probably have to have sex with them. He said if he's going to be spending money on the photo shoots and different things, then he's probably going to want to, you know, experience her sexually. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have a, a major problem with that. One, because, like I said, it was obvious in the context that they were talking that he was joking. Um, but more importantly, he was expressing his own personal perspective. He didn't say, if you sign with, with Maybach Music, you have to have sex with me. He didn't say that. He said, look, I'm choosing not to sign these artists or any female artists because I am probably going to want to sleep with them. So that's why I'm choosing. You know, sometimes, to be honest, you kind of got to know yourself, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if you're an alcoholic, you say, hey, look, I'm not going to this bar because I'm probably going to want to have a drink, and that might compromise my sobriety, so you don't go to that bar. You don't, and I think that's good advice. You don't put yourself into situations where you, where you know, you know, you, there's a high probability that you might slip up. So I, don't, I didn't have a big problem with, with, uh, with Rick Ross's comments. I know a lot of people, he was on The Breakfast Club, and, you know, people were saying different things. I mean, that's his personal opinion. That's his personal life. 
You know, if you don't want to be a female artist on, on Maybach music, then don't be a female artist on Maybach music. You know what I'm saying? Just don't sign. If somebody heard that and said they chose not to sign because of it, then that's their prerogative. You know, it kind of is what it is. That's, that's part of it. That's more indicative of a larger problem. People get so sensitive over other people's opinions. Opinion does not matter. Your opinion does not matter. Rick Ross's opinion does not matter. Guess what, ladies? Amber Rose, her opinion does not matter. She was recently doing an interview on uh, on, on uh, Drink Champs, and uh, you know they were, you know she was saying, well, don't take offense to this, but you know when I where I come from, it's not a lot of you know a traditionally attractive women. Um, you know, where I come from. And she's from, I believe, the South Philadelphia area. I mean, listen, listen. I mean, is is that true? I don't know if that's true or not. I don't spend a lot of time in her neighborhood, you know, where she's from. But one of the things that she needs to realize is she's not that attractive. <laughs> that's what I'm more concerned about. Who defi- who, who put this, this uh, you know, gave her the right to say or define what is beauty? For, I mean, to most men I know, she's an okay chick with, with, who used to have a great body. Now she's just like a regular, average, around the day, around the way uh, young woman. What, dude, tatted up, no hair. Like, I mean, that's not, I never thought she was all that beautiful, me personally. But for her to put herself up on this pedestal of beauty is, um, it's really amazing to me. It's it's really great. I, I know her from back in the day. She was in the clubs when I was partying back in the day. You know, just a regular average around the way chick. So I didn't have a problem with what she said. Again, that's her opinion. Do I agree with her opinion? I see beautiful women in the hood every day. I don't know about that particular hood, but it's beautiful women in the hood. I see women every day who are better, better looking than Beyonce or Amber Rose or, or women that the media, you know, uh, gives this, you know, puts up on these pedestals of beauty. I see women every day. You know, it's beautiful women everywhere, not all made up, not all done up. It's just, just straight beautiful women. I see beautiful women in the gym. You know, I mean, it's the media, see, people don't understand. The media has an agenda. The agenda is to put people, and in, in, in even movies, which I'll talk about, you know, like Girls Trip, but they put these people present an agenda of oppressing black women and putting them in positions of power and influence. So it's like if you put Beyonce in a power of in, a position of influence, right, and then she comes on stage and shows her crotch, she tells women that all you need to be is independent and I don't need no man and this nigga, you know what I'm saying, Nicki Minaj or this and that. So then now you've given this person this power, this voice. So now all the, and they have this, this audience. So the audience now looks at these women and respects their opinion, and they, and they become influential. Time Magazine uh, named Beyonce the most be- most influential, or one of the most beautiful, and then one of the most influential women in the world. Not one of. I think she got most beautiful women one year, and she got most influential women by Time Magazine another year. So when you put someone, you have to look at how they project themselves. That's having a horrible, horrible influence on our youth. Amber Rose is another one. You know, she has this, what she called the slut walk. You know, it's like glorifying women who, who look like sluts, who dress like sluts. I mean, it's really ridiculous. So our youth looks up to them. It's really the ultimate satanic 
you know, uh, message. You know, it's it's pushing a, a, an evil uh, message that says, you know what, you don't have to respect yourself. You can just kind of say what you want to say, do what you want to say, kind of do as thou wilt. You know, and, and girl strip is really, at the end of the day, another example of that. You know, look how many women are lo- just love this movie. Look how many women got together with their girlfriends and laughed and laughed and laughed and loved every second of this raunchy, vulgar comedy. You know, and, and I'm going to talk about it so much, but it's really indicative of the overall agenda. I mean, the, the, the agenda is to keep us separate. When black men and black women unite, we are powerful. Black love, love, period, is powerful. It's godly. So the enemy has an agenda to keep us separate. There's an overall agenda to keep people separate, to keep people without love, but then there's a more specific racial agenda to keep the African-American family separate. Historically, how they did it through slavery, they, you know, they imprisoned the man, chained up the man, put the woman into prostitution. They sold her off to be sex slaves. You know what I'm saying? So that's how they said it. You know, the kids were put into slavery. The, the, the men were killed or imprisoned, you know, put in the fields. And the women were put in the kitchen or in the house or in the fields, you know. And so that's how they kept us separate then. Now it's, it's the same thing. It's just different. They're still keeping us separate by making us not necessarily sex slaves, but putting it brainwashing women with a mentality that says, I should be a sex slave. I should be a sex fiend. I should be a sex addict. You know, one of the things I said online was uh, black women. I said, stop letting the media brainwash you into thinking that you have to have light eyes, long hair, a fat ass, big breasts, a sexual nature to you. Like, all that stuff is, is media, you know, bias, media propaganda. You know what I'm saying? And they're using movies, they're using celebrities, they're using music to put us into a sexual state of mind because deep down they know the same thing that I know and just about all men know. No man in their right mind is going to, you know, marry, you know, even or even take seriously, let alone marry, have children with, you know, a woman who is anything like any of these women presented here in the movie Girls Trip, you know, or any woman like Amber Rose or any woman who presents herself like Nicki Minaj or Beyonce. These are all just, it's all brainwashing. They want you, I would never even think about marrying uh, anyone like any of these women that I just named. Wouldn't even consider it. You know what I'm saying? Not even, and no man would. You have to listen to what I'm saying. Everyone's laughing, oh, ha-ha, the movie's so funny. But, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, you say it's funny, but, you know what I'm saying? What's not funny, and I guess maybe I'm just different, because I see the reality. A lot of people kind of just live their own lives. They don't do relationship counseling or or give advice or see, you know, deal with these issues on a daily basis. But I see this stuff every single day, all day. This is what I do for a living. I work with the Queen Latifahs. I work with, you know, I, I mean, you know, Tiffany Haddish's of the movie in the movie. And I don't, and again, I'm just going to use their real names, even though I'm talking about the characters. So I don't want to throw you guys off because I didn't, I don't really didn't pay attention to their actual names in the film. 
But, you know what I'm saying, like I deal with those women every day. I help women leave that hoish mentality that Tiffany Haddish brought to the, the movie, like leave that in the past and introduce them to God and change their life around. It's great to change your life around, but for me, that, there's nothing funny about any of that stuff. And I, like I said, I like comedies. I like comedies like, you know, Norbit. Norbit is one of my favorite comedies. Um I mean, you know, it's just different things. Something about Mary. I mean, you know, there's different things that I find funny. I mean, I have a big sense of humor like anybody else. But for me, that movie just wasn't funny. Because if you, I mean, if you think about it, you know, and I'll talk more more in detail about it, but if you look at what everyone was saying was so funny, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought the white dude in there was, like, that was funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You know, you I want to have sex with you, whatever like that. Ah, old white dude, he pops back out of nowhere, butt naked. Yeah, okay, ha, ha. like that was funny to me. I actually laughed. That was like the, probably the only time I actually laughed in the whole film. That was funny. You know what I'm saying? But a black woman simulating oral sex, you know what I'm saying, like using a grapefruit, I don't know, like that's, like you're, that's hoish to me. Like that's not Black women presenting themselves as hoes is not funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you disrespecting yourself, that's not funny to me. Like, if I were, took off my clothes and I ran down the street butt naked, y'all would laugh, but that you wouldn't be laughing with me. You'd be laughing at me. You'd be like, yo, what the heck is wrong with him? That wouldn't be funny, would it? I would hope not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not funny to me. But I don't know. Maybe, like I said, I'm just different. I didn't find any of that funny. One of the things that I said um, about, well, I, I, I'll go into the movie because a lot of the stuff that I was going to say, I, I'll tie into the film. Um, and I, I'll start it off like this. First of all, Girls Trip was a, is a huge financial success, all right? And, and we have to, to really fully understand um, how this stuff works. You have to understand it from the beginning. You have to understand the motivation. There are, you know, people, rich white people who bankroll these, these projects. And there's two agendas. There's two agendas. The first agenda is, okay, how can we make money, right? You know, I want to invest, I want to invest $20 million, okay? I want to invest $20 million, let's say, which is what they did, and I want to triple or quadruple my money. How can we do that? Well, then that's when you start talking casting. You get certain writers. You get production, and you figure out, okay, the best way to quadruple your money. So that's the first agenda. But then we have, unfortunately, a much more evil and sinister agenda that exists in Hollywood. Right, I mean, and this is something that everyone should be familiar with, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's you know the entertainment industry, but it's a very evil agenda. It's 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 an agenda of how can we poison the minds of as many people as possible. Okay, that's I mean that's really what it is. If you look at music, if you look at movies, you look at now television. I mean that's the goal. The goal is how can we poison and sexualize, you know, everything that God hates. Or, you know, how can we glorify everything that God hates 
and 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 you know and uplift everything that Satan loves. And it's a very it's this very distinct battle, an obvious battle between good versus evil. It's been that way from since day one. The battle between God and, and Satan. And that battle is now just rearing its ugly head in, in places like television, movies, movies and uh you know, politics. I mean, it's all over, all throughout entertainment. So that's what we have here. How can we do that? How can we poison a large, or, or I'll say influence, negatively influence, a, a, a very, very, probably the largest and most important storm demographic there is today, single black women? How can we reach that, that group with, by spending as little money as possible and reaching as many people as possible. Well, what do you do? How do you do that? That's your goal. That's your agenda. How do you do it? Well, you get very recognizable people, first of all. You get Queen Latifah, who's arguably, you know, one of the most popular black actresses, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, very powerful black woman in Hollywood, um, mainly because of her, you know, marriage to Will Smith. Um, You get someone, you know, very likable, Regina Hall, and newcomer Tiffany Haddish, who is very, very, um, what's the word? I I, I want to say talented, but you know that's that's she has something. I, I'm not going to call it talent. I'm going to call it. She has this that that new Hollywood it factor. Kind of is she like the new black? What's the chick? Amy Schumer or you know what I'm saying like that raunchy type. She's she's going to be very useful over the next several years in pushing that evil agenda of of poisoning, you know, and negatively influencing African-American women. She is. That's, she has a very innate knack for what she does. Um, and, I, you know, if you listen to some of her interviews, I heard her interview on The Breakfast Club. I saw her interview on Jimmy Kimmel and some other places. And she has a very, very, I talked about the other day, she has a very, very sad and tragic childhood. She's been through a lot, and um, yeah, that that form of comedy it comes from a very, 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 very dark place. You know, I, I've counseled women like her. I know women like her. It's not. Please don't look at Tiffany Haddish, guys. And I'm not bashing her, but please don't look at her and think that she's happy with where she is. Don't think that she's happy presenting herself in that light. When you are able to disrespect yourself. Like, I've had conversations, I've had sessions with, with actual prostitutes, women who sold their bodies for money, uh, strippers. You guys have heard a number of actual strippers that have been a guest on this show uh, to tell their stories live. And, I mean, it's not, you know, you can hear in their voice, they'll tell you from their own mouth, they've been, struggled with depression, they struggle with, in fact, Tiffany had it set on the Breakfast Club. Go back and listen to the Breakfast Club. She said she, she thought about killing herself. She, was, she struggles with mental illness. She struggles with depression, and she struggle with, struggles with suicide. <laughs> well, that's why I just remembered that, but that's what I just said. Go back and listen. You don't believe me. Listen. She's not a happy person. When you, no one's happy when they think about killing themselves. No one's happy when they have a mental illness. No one's happy when, they, when, they, when they're depressed. So don't think, oh, you know, she's so funny. I want to be like Tiffany Ash. I've even heard women say, oh, I want to be like her. I want a best friend like her. You want a best friend like her? Uh, but you want a best friend that you have to convince not to kill herself? You want a best friend that, that presents herself like a hoe? 
you know, I would I would pray for a, bre- a best friend like that. You know what I'm saying? If somebody was going through something, encourage them to, you know, there's a better way, there's a different way. But what was, I'll, I'll be honest with you, what's most, what was most disturbing, not about the film, but about the reaction from the film, is, I mean, it's really how many Christian women who absolutely love this film. All right. I mean, that's that's. And again, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I really just want to talk about this film. But I'll be honest. I mean, that was probably the most disturbing thing because. And I say I'm not perfect. I like a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't like. Uh, to be quite honest, like, you know, I watch Power, you know, different movies, even different movies. You know, I'm, I'm far from a saint. I, I think back. You know, and this is many years ago. You guys know Osho, one of my, one of my best thirty years, maybe. Um, and we went to the movies one time. I remember me, him, and uh, and a couple of our other friends. And we went to the movies, and we we going to see uh, uh, that Jennifer Lopez movie, um, Enough. How many of y'all saw Enough with Jennifer Lopez? And and it was you know it was great. Like the funny thing about it to me, that was nothing. That's just like a regular movie. But it got to the point where the, the dude, her husband, slapped her for the first time. Like slapped her in the face. He slapped her again. He was, like, beating her up. And Osho, he got up. You know what I'm saying? He found God much sooner than me or any, you know, most of our friends. But at that point, he got up and he left. You know, he didn't come back. He's like, nah, I'll see y'all later. I'm, um, you know, just call me when it's over or whatever. And we're just like, yo, what the heck? Like, where you going, man? The movie just started. It's about to get good. But that, it, it was, it felt bad in his spirit. You know, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't I didn't uh I didn't understand that then. You know, but I understand it now. And that was enough. Like if you saw enough, that wasn't really even nothing. So I can only imagine. I you know, and it, I know it's not even something he would see. And I'm not using him I'm just using him as an example because I know he's a true man of God, so he truly loves God. That and, and even me, like that it, it's weird to me. It felt bad in my spirit. I, I, you know, I wanted to watch it. I wanted to think about it. I kind of wanted to leave. Like, I didn't want to see it after being there for, for, you know, seeing some of the stuff. And so I'm just saying, that was very disturbing. I've never seen it. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry about that. It looks like I was disconnected. Um, I'm not sure how much you heard, but like I told you, it was a thunderstorm earlier, and I kind of foresaw some of this, uh, these technical difficulties happening. But I'll just kind of jump right back into where I was. Pretty much I was saying I'm going to start with uh, Queen Latifah and, and, and then specifically down to Regina Hall, Tiffany Haddish, and then Jada Pinkett Smith because they, I believe they all bring a certain level of um, a certain, a certain, you know, all different personality traits, different and in, in more interesting uh, situations to the equation. So, and and they all play a very integral part in the in the film and kind of what I want to say about the film. So, who who are these women? Let's talk about who they are. Quit, and again, if if put it like this, if if there's any more technical difficulties, if you know, you lose connection. 
just try calling back in. If you are listening after the show is live, just try, you know, uh, who knows, just try to click back on it because it may click off, you know, uh, get disconnected throughout the broadcast because I don't know what's going on here with this with this storm here in Philly. But so Queen Latifah's character, I, I don't remember her their real names in the film, but her character is a gossip columnist. Um, she's someone who is struggling financially. She's, you know, someone who is a journalist but who is trying to find their voice. You know, she she kind of went into the, the business venture with Regina Hall's character. That didn't work out, mainly because Regina Hall decided to move away into into superstardom. She decided to go and become a media media mogul. And from what they what the movie indicates is kind of, or alludes to is that she left Queen Latifah high and dry. Uh, Queen Latifah talks about feeling betrayed or, you know, like she didn't have her back. And that was like the whole basis for uh, their personal rift uh, in the friendship. You know, you see that illustrated when they, when they meet, you know, at the airport or whatever. And it's just like, you know, everyone else is all cool, busting it up, and they're kind of frigid towards each other. Um, they never, one of the things that I found interesting but not surprising was that they never really discussed Queen Latifah's sexuality in the, in the film. So you never really know if she's, you know, married. Well, you know she's not married, but, you know, they just kind of don't discuss it, which is kind of what it is. Now, this whole thing, she, she, interestingly enough, in the film is more of a voice of reason. You know, she, she kind of, she doesn't get all wild and crazy, but she's kind of like the, the mother in, in a sense where she talks, tries to talk Tiffany Haddish out of, you know, being crazy. She tries to, you know, rationalize with Regina Hall why she should not be with her, uh, you know, her husband, you know, and, and even informs her that he is, in fact, cheating on her. And, and she seems like she has a real, she does really love her friends. Um, and she's even, and when the whole uh, scandal broke, the whole, you know, she got the picture leaked to her through her her friend in, in the business, she was conflicted because, she, you know, her boss here in the beginning of the movie says, you got to give me something that is going to translate into some ratings. You know, you got you to gotta give me something. You know, I need some type of big story. I need some dirt. And so what ends up happening is he gives her, um, you know, basically like a deadline or, or you know, or ultimatum, like, yo, I'm not going to mess with you anymore, continue to have, allow you to have this site if you don't, you know, give me something controversial. So she, it, you kind of get the sense as the viewer that she's going down there with ulterior motives. It's not just to, you know, have a good time to reconnect with her friends. It's like, yo, I got to save my my career. And so when the whole, when the story breaks, you see her conflicted about whether or not to take advantage of this exclusive story that the Instagram chick wants to give her, um, maybe leaking the picture you know, herself, but she doesn't, which I think was cool. Uh, she doesn't. She ends up having her friends back throughout the movie she never betrays her. She, you know, even tells her, like, look, this wasn't me. Even when Regina Hall thinks it's her and, and accuses her, 
of betraying her. She doesn't, you know, you kind of get the sense that she just wants to be loved. She wants to be included. Um, she wants, you know, she just wants, she, she really values friendship. Um, one of the things that I didn't, you know, and this is not just about this film, but just in general, and I just got re- uh, recently got finished talking about this. We as African-Americans have a very bad problem with, with and, and even a hypocritical problem with making racial jokes. We make a lot of racial jokes, a lot of racial slurs. You know, if you look at the film, Queen Latifah made it several throughout the film. She's like, oh, man, that's some white boy right there. That's just like, okay, like, what does that mean? And, it, and when I hear jokes like that, I don't laugh. You know what I'm saying? Even though that may be stereotypically true, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't laugh because I, I switch it and I think, well, hmm, what if you, that was a white person in one of these white movies saying, oh, yeah, that's some black chick stuff right there. That's some, you know, black dudes that, like, we would have a fit. Like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Like, only black people do certain things or only white people do certain things or Asian people only do certain things. It's like, that's not, that's not okay. Especially, it's not okay because we live in such a racially charged environment, you know, a racially charged society where everything has the potential to be a, a big deal. We're just saying any and everything where we know darn well we'd have a problem if those things were said to us. So, you know, it kind of, you know, is what it is. But, yeah, that's that, those are a few of the things that I noticed from Queen Latifah's character throughout the film. Now, I'm going to go down to – I'm going to go down to Regina Hall. I'm going to go down to her. Let me just say this, and I just want to tell black women this. Black women – Regina Hall, like if you're someone, put it like this, if you're someone that maybe was negatively affected by Amber Rose or you feel like, you know, the media does not give enough credit to, you know, quote unquote regular black women or you feel like what I, you know, my post from earlier where I said, you know, stop letting the media brainwash you, you know, into thinking you have to be light skinned, long hair or, big butt, like, big breasts, like, any of to be, you know, to be beautiful. I want to tell you this about Regina Hall. And, and, and any man will, will tell you, you know, women like Nia Long, Regina Hall, um, what's the other, uh, Tika Sumter, to me, in my personal opinion, and, and the, 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 the last one, Tika Sumter, I mean, these are women who are absolutely gorgeous to me, beautiful, beautiful women, dark-skinned, brown-skinned women who the, the media what, what does not like to focus on because they want you to think that you have to have this certain look like Beyonce or, you know, kind of got to be exotic looking in some way. But I, I want to tell you that you can be a quote-unquote, and I'm saying quote-unquote is a stupid thing to say, it's a stupid term, but you can be a quote-unquote regular black woman, you know what I'm saying, and be absolutely gorgeous. You don't have to be super skinny. You don't have to be, you know, a model. You can't, I mean, and Regina Hall, to me, epitomizes uh, just a, she's just gorgeous. She's always been beautiful to me, and it's someone that a lot of women, and let women tell us, these men out here only want Nicki Minaj or Beyonce or something crazy like that. I'm like, 
looking at the movie like, yo, Regina Hall looks a million times better than Beyonce. And every man I know would choose a Regina Hall or a Nia Long over someone that prances around stage butt naked, someone that has a head full of weave, excessive makeup, looking crazy all the time. Like, nobody needs a supermodel, you know, as a wife. No one, you know, that no one wants that. No one needs that. That's not what we aspire to have. So she's that is what a wife looks like. And any man will tell you that any man that's you know that you would even want to deal with on a serious level, ladies, they're probably going to feel the same way. Ninety nine point nine percent of men are going to feel the same way if they're looking for a wife. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like I've never seen, I ever, never seen her. Uh, you know, breasts out, boobs out, posing, butt naked. That's not to say she hasn't. I'm saying me personally, I haven't seen it. And she's, you know, always been a pretty classy and beautiful woman, well-spoken. And she really epitomizes, even if you look at, you know, movies like Think Like a Man, any movie she's in, it's like men are looking like, yo, that I, I would I would wipe her up. You know what I'm saying? Not no one looks at Beyonce and like, oh my God, I would wipe up Beyonce. Oh my gosh, Nicki Minaj, I wipe up. No one says that. There's not no man. I've never heard a man ever say that, ever. Out of all the men I know, all the men, I know, no one's ever said they'd wipe up a woman like Beyonce ever. But let the media tell it. <laughs> That's what we want. It's, it's really crazy. It's amazing. But I've heard I've heard countless men like, oh my gosh, I grew up growing up. Everybody wanted me along. Every man, she was it. She was the most beautiful woman that, like, her, Lark Voorhees, like, that's who men wanted when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? So just, and I, I just share this stuff because I know I have a large audience. Um, I know that a lot of women don't hear this. Like, for a lot of women listening, even now, that's news to you. Like, you're like, wow, I didn't know men felt like that. I didn't know so many men thought. Regina Hall was beautiful. I didn't. I thought men wanted to wipe up someone like Beyonce. I thought that's how I had to be to be. It's probably a lot of women that think they have to be like Tiffany Haddish to get a man. It's amazing, which is the exact opposite of what you want to do and how you want to be. So keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, so Regina Hall's character, um, she she like I said, she left Queen Latifah. Um, earlier on to, to, to branch off and start her own business, her own media empire, you know, kind of left a bad taste in, in the friend's uh, mouths. She's going on to become a huge celebrity, uh, magazine covers, you know, talk shows, uh, you know, just, just kind of like the, the a young Oprah in, in the making is I think how they refer to her in the movie. So her her husband is Luke Cage. I don't know his real name. I was going to call him Luke Cage. So Luke Cage is Regina Hall's husband. And in the beginning, they seem like a very nice couple, as many couples you know do. But unfortunately, it becomes known that he is cheating. Right? He's cheating. Now, unfortunately, this is something that so many women struggle with. And unfortunately, and one of the things that I always talk about is the concept of emotional unavailability. And ladies, it's, you know, I can't, I've said it for over 10 years now, you will never be able to base a relationship off of, off of a foundation of, of emotional unavailability. And one of the things she said, well, a lot of people say, well, how is she 
emotionally unavailable, they know? Like, what's wrong with her? She seems cool. She's beautiful. She seems like she's confident and all these things. Well, one of the things you have to realize is that low self-esteem is extreme. Is really, it epitomizes emotional unavailability. And it's obvious and very much so apparent that Regina Hall struggles with low self-esteem in this film. You know, I mean, she once she finds out that she that he's cheating, she's like, well, no, no, I already knew about that. They're like, what? You already knew about it? What do you mean? She's like, yeah, I knew about that. I knew about that picture, you know, a couple months ago. We dealt with it. We went to counseling for it. Queen Latifah was like, no, this picture was taken last night. She's like, oh, so he's still cheating. So it's like you, you agree, you knew he was cheating, but you agreed to stay. You find out that he's cheating even as early, as recently as last night, and then you're still willing to stay. That literally screams. There's no, nothing else other than low self-esteem that would make a woman stay in a situation like that. And you, those are issues, guys, that have to be dealt with long before, you know, dealing with any type of man you know, entering in any type of partnership, or certainly not a marriage. She didn't deal with those issues, which is why she ended up with a cheater. Now, everyone's saying, well, you know, not. it's a movie. Yes, it's a movie, but you have to understand it's also how real life works. It's how all of these relationships work. If you, and you guys can probably relate. If you know you're struggling with low self-esteem, maybe daddy issues, different things going on internally, spirituality issues, and then you, but yet you're instead of working on those issues, you still try to date. You tell me, what kind of guys do you usually attract? Is it Prince Charming? Is it the true man of God? Keep it real. No, it's not. It never has been. It never will be. Those are issues that have to be dealt with first. Why? Because the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players, they literally prey upon women with low self-esteem. They view them as being broken as being um, targets, you know, and so that's what happens. You got to deal with those issues first, So that's, and that's what happens for her. In fact, she said she wanted to stay and work on things, but the, the, throughout the film we find out that they have a large uh, television contract that is based upon them being together, you know what I mean? Like that's what the whole basis of it was. So it's like she was even willing to – basically pretend, you know, pretend to be married just so that she could capitalize on this this new venture. And that's, you know, that's no way to be, you know. But, I mean, yeah, that's her situation. But, how, you know, how many women stay with the cheater because of the kids? You know, how many women stay with the cheater because of finances? How many women stay just because they don't want to go back into the dating world, you know, or, or tons of other issues. But whatever the issues, you never want to stay for a che- with a cheater or someone who's treating you outside of how you deserve to be treated. All right? In fact, you know, she confronts him, and, you know, he says he promises to be, you know, to stop. No, no, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch. No, he didn't even say that. He watched this. This is so deep. She did, he didn't even promise to stop. She confronted him on the cheating. He didn't promise to stop the cheating. He promised to what? To control himself, meaning he promised to not get all, you know what I'm saying, not get caught up. 
not let the cameras catch him in compromising positions. He said he would control himself. And what and she was cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Like who does that? Who get who is okay with your their husband cheating as long as he controls himself? That's crazy. So as we move forward, she you know, she's in this farce of a relationship. But then who enters the equation at the concert but Lorenz Tate? Now, first and foremost, we gotta talk about this. Uh, again, going back to the concept of emotional availability or lack thereof, a lot of women have unresolved uh, situations from their past or even present that prevent them from moving forward into their future. Lorenz Tate and, and Regina Hall obviously have a, you know, in the, in the, in the film have a, you know, a very strong connection. They have an attraction. You know, and that, ladies, you can't you can't have those types of quote unquote male friends lingering and expect your future husband to come into the picture. You got to cut all that off. A lot of women are out here dating. A lot of women are out here spending time with dudes, but still expecting to be wined and dined by their future Mister Right. And it's just like it's not going to happen. You know, you want to have that Lorenz Tate. That guy that's just cool, you can kind of go out to eat with, you can kind of chill with, you know, but not really be with. Oh, that's just my peoples, but we just hang out. We just kick it. We just go grab something to eat. Well, all right, well, let him be with you. Nobody's going to see that and then still choose to wife you up or even take you seriously. You have to understand that. Obviously, this attraction, and, it, and the attraction was, was apparent to everybody. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they, they were hiding it. And that's just something that, that is only going to cause you to attract the men like Luke Cage in the movie. You know, the players that, you know, the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, the players, the guys that look like they're looking to settle down, but at the end of the day are just looking to do what they do. So now here's what I found to be interesting. Now, she comes off, and this is what a lot of women struggle with. A lot of women come off. As, and, and I even come off, but are successful, are attractive, are educated, are well-dressed, well-spoken, well-traveled, you know, good jobs, all that stuff. They have all these things going for them. But behind closed doors, in many cases, there are severe moral and ethical, you know, lapses in judgment that often present themselves. What am I talking about in regards to Regina Hall? Well, if you look at the film, Lorenz Tate, you know, yeah, she was, her husband was cheating. Yeah, she has these low self-esteem issues. Yeah, she was going to stay with him. But if you look at the film, she tried to give Lorenz Tate the ass. You know, I mean, she did. She was going to sleep with him. She, and, and I get it. Like, a lot of times women are so, you know, um, upset. They're so fed up. They're so, you know, they have just, they're just tired of a lot of different things. And so they go out with their girlfriends, and it doesn't help that their girlfriends are pressuring them in many cases to, to be hoes and to, you know, do things, cheat and different things like that. But she goes out and... And she, if he didn't stop her, 
she would have, she tried to kiss him. He's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Chill. He's like, don't you have an appearance tomorrow with your husband? And she's like, oh, yeah, my husband. Now, a lot of women will look at that and be like, well, so what? He's cheating. So why does it? Listen, listen, ladies, let me explain something. Your husband being a hoe, I may have to put this on Facebook. Your, your husband being a hoe, your boyfriend being a hoe, does not justify you being a hoe as well. I mean, you know that, right? Never allow his actions to make you a hoe. Because that's really what it is. If, 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 if you're a married woman, right, and you have sex with someone else, you, I mean, you know that makes you a hoe, right? You know what I'm saying? Not just in, in a everyday worldly sense, but even in the, in the worst possible biblical sense. You know what I'm saying? You know, adultery is not at all good. You know, far from it. The Bible says that's the ultimate whore who will ultimately be put to death if we're talking Old Testament. So you don't want to be that person. You don't want to allow that his actions, his immaturity, his, you know, lack of commitment to cause you to lower yourself down to his level. My advice would be to just walk away. All right. So, and that's what happened there with, with that situation. She, he stopped her. She was going to give it up. She stopped, or he stopped her and, you know, put her, you know, took her back to her room or whatever, and, and that was that. Now, I, I, later on in the film, and I, I'm going to talk about Jada next, actually. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to talk about Tiffany Haddish last. But they, they well, I'll, I'll come back. They, they took this drug, you know, this hallucinogenic drug, which which was not good. And, and the only the reason I want to talk about it with her in regards to her is she was totally out of character. You know, she took this drug and was just acting crazy, you know, and I'm a firm believer that I don't care what you take or what you drink. You're, you know, you can be drunk, but if you're, you're only, you're not going to be a hoe unless that's really what's in you. you. You see what I'm saying to you? It's like if you're a crackhead and you get drunk, you might go do some crack. But I could get drunk, you know, I'm never going to do no crack. I'm not going to do nothing crazy. I know a lot of women who get drunk and don't just go out and have sex with somebody because they're drunk. Some women are just not hoes. Other women are. And it's really sad to say, you know, that, that, you know, but the reality is a lot of people, men and women, use drugs as an excuse to do the things that are naturally in them, the things that they ultimately want to do. It just gives them a little bit more courage. So I want to, let, me, let me stop right there, and I want to talk about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And hopefully you guys can hear me. Hopefully everyone that was listening in before was able to tune back in with no, you know, no, no issues or anything like that. This, this system can can be very fragile sometimes. I mean, not a lot, but over the years we've definitely had some technical difficulties to no fault of of our own here. But shout out to you guys for listening, and whether it's iTunes or Blog Talk Radio or your cell phones or podcast, all that good stuff. Um, now, now Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada's character. First of all, I want to ask you all, who saw what she was throwing up in the beginning? Who saw those signs? Who, who, 
who saw those, that that very that very very you know subtle, but yeah, she she has been initiated. She was definitely throwing up those sixes, those double sixes. You know, if don't if you missed it, go back when it comes on DVD. And and it's very common. I don't know if you guys understand how this stuff works, but you know, any movie that's made now, or any any talk show, any movie, any anything, any interview. Within the first five minutes of an interview, or if it's a movie, within the first 15, 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, you're going to see one of the major characters, somebody prominent in the film, throwing up the, the, those signs, those double sixes, basically to let you know, hey, look, this film or this interview or just me as a person, I am down with the agenda. Okay? That's what that symbolizes. And it's in every movie, every single blockbuster that comes out, somebody's throwing it up. Wendy Williams is throwing up in the beginning of her monologue. Every talk show host that you will ever see on any show is throwing up that 666 sign. You know what I'm saying? Just watch it, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Everywhere. It's everywhere, literally everywhere. Jada throws it up in the beginning of this film. Because, you know, that's what she just does. And it's very blatant, and it's very obvious to anyone who – is aware of, of this type of stuff. So that's the first thing I want to say about her just to start that off. Now, in the movie, Jada, her character is a single mother of two children, I believe. She is recently divorced. Um, found out, I guess, he was cheating, was not doing things that he was supposed to do. She is very conservative, very, very, you know, known you know, a lot of people might call her a prude. Um, she was very, you know, she they were like, all right, what are you wearing? She had, like, this blouse. She had on this, uh, you know, this long, flowy skirt, which, uh, interestingly enough, and this is the ultimate irony. Ultimate irony is that, you know, she was dressed to go out. Yeah, she was a little covered up. But the ultimate irony is that men seeking a wife are looking for those diamonds in the rough. You know, because if you look at it, most of the women. Because if you look at what what did she what did she uh, what did she change into? She changed into basically a hoe outfit. You know, a very skin tight, very revealing. You know, freakum dress. It, to kind of to to do what to blend in. What did I say earlier in the show? Never try to fit in where you're designed to stand out. So she went from looking like a somebody's future wife to looking like basically a hoe. And it's unfortunate because, ironically, you know, these women go down there to meet someone or they you know, go down there to have fun. But And I don't know what she was – I don't think she was looking for a husband, but I'm just saying a lot of women out here are looking for a husband. And if you're not looking for a husband, if you're just looking to go get your frequent, hey, go ahead and do it. I'm not here to judge you. But I'm just saying this whole thing, this whole show, and you guys know me by now, I don't care about any of this other stuff. My whole thing is if – if you're looking for, for love, if you want to be a wife, if you want a husband to find you to be respectable, classy, and, and put a ring on your thing, then you can't do certain things. And the, the outfit that she changed into basically caused her just to blend in with the rest of the hoes down there. You know, now, if I, and I'm just being honest. If I would have been out there, you know, and, and, and you know, yeah, she said that she was a little covered up. But that's what men want. I remember being out back in the day, you know, going to the clubs and being a single guy and thinking like, dang, 
Most of these women are freaks. Most of these women are dressed like hoes, thinking like, dag, there aren't really any women here that I would even want to deal with, let alone marry. I remember thinking like, well, dang, maybe there's one. Maybe there's that one friend who just happened to come out who will be totally different and look totally different from everybody else. You know, and every once in a while, yeah, you know, I, you, know you might get lucky. You know what I'm saying? But most of the time, it's like everyone blends in together. Birds of a feather flock together. And so if she would have just kept it on, it, you know, tons of men probably would have looked at her, but in a different way. And the interesting thing about it is you never really hear complain, uh, hear men complain about plain James. You hear women. Who had a problem with her outfit? It wasn't the men. It wasn't any man. It was her girlfriends who were basically down there to be hoes. That's the ultimate irony. That outfit was 10 times, the first outfit was 10 times better than the outfit she, that she changed into. Ladies, stop listening to your girlfriends if you're, try, if you're trying to get a man, especially if those girlfriends are single. Now, the next thing that she reveals, so she has, she's a single mom, she's divorced, very conservative, uh, which, I didn't, which I didn't have a problem with. And watch this. She hadn't had sex in two years. They're like, yeah, what, like, when's the last time you got some? She was like, uh, two years. Now, watch this. The, the show, the, this was what's funny to me. He was calling this a comedy. The, the, the real comedy here for me was that, was that she was actually the type of woman that a man seeking a wife would actually want. That's, the, oh, that's what's funny to me. That's what I got a personal kick out. That was the funniest thing in the movie because they turned her into this woman. She went from being someone like that, like that's what we want. These men don't want a woman out here who's, who's having sex. These women out here having sex thinking they can still get wiped up. It's like, yo, don't y'all know that we don't want women? We want women who are celibate. We want women who aren't getting smashed off every Friday night or that, that you know, have a friend with benefits. We don't want all that. We want you to be single. We want you to be chilling so, that we'll, so you know, we can just come into the picture, you know, and just kind of do what we need to do and, and wipe you up, not without any – any type of soul ties hanging off or, you know, somebody calling or popping up at your crib. Nobody wants to deal with that. That's a good, that's a good time frame. That's a good time frame, you know, to, to not have had sex in. Two years is good. You know, it sounds like she was just chilling, not dealing with anybody, not, you know, yeah, she said she had a little, uh, you know, a little, little sh- detachable shower hair, whatever. You know, it is what it is. I'm not here to judge, but we'll definitely prefer that. Maybe a little bullet, little, you know, whatever you do, you do what you do. But that's much better if you got to do something. That's much better than than actual fornicating with someone, you know, in, in any man's eyes. Who wants a woman that just got smashed off the the, 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 the previous week? Oh, yeah, let me, let me take you out. Let's wine and dine you. Let me be all kissing. You just got finished kissing somebody the other night. Think about it. You kissing your baby dad. You having sex with your baby dad, but yet you got a date on Friday. Like what? And women think they gonna get wiped up like that. I just be looking like, yo, where did they do that at? So, so no sex. Like I said, she got a little, a little friend. Okay, whatever. It is what it is. Now, and and so she tells her friends this, her quote unquote friends, and they're like, whoa, what? Two years, you got to be a hoe like us, right? No, we got we got to get you some D tonight. 
or this weekend. And she's like, uh, okay, why? Like, what do you mean? And I'm just looking like, okay, what's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with not being a hoe? And that's what society is doing. Society, yeah, okay, everyone's, oh, this is so funny. But I don't find that funny. I don't find a woman trying to be respectable, a woman trying to get her life back on track, a woman trying to be a responsible, respectable mother for her children, you know, being literally turned in to a hoe. I don't, there's nothing funny about that to me. There are kids involved here. Like, mom, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do they want? Her to have different dudes coming in while her kids are sleeping and smashing her off? Like, what do you, wait, oh, hey, mom, can you watch my kids so I can go have sex with somebody who's not my husband, not even my boyfriend, just to satisfy my sexual needs? That's not funny to me. I got two kids. You know, so I, I wouldn't want someone to do that. You know what I'm saying? So let's look at this. So her friends are encouraging her to her to have sex, right? You know, there's you know, and she's like, hey, "We're gonna get you some this weekend." So she goes out. She puts on this freaking dress. She gets drunk. They all get drunk. They go to the concert, and she ever did, they get on this what is it, the bungee cord thing that everyone's talking about. I got to be honest with you guys. You know, it was hard for me to, 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 to not walk out the freaking movie when I saw that. I mean, like, I remember a time. For those of you who didn't see it, but you're just listening. She gets caught in this, like, in this bungee cord thing that swings from one roof to the other or whatever. And she had too much to drink, and she gets stuck in the middle. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I got to pee, I got to pee, I got to pee. And the next thing you know, she's like... She, she's peeing on on the whole crowd. So if you're standing on the on the, the the ground and this woman is hoisted above you, she's literally pissing on the whole crowd. Piss is squirting all out of her. I mean, you know, from a slapstick, raunchy type of you know perspective. Okay, ha ha. But you know, I mean, really, imagine that happening. I mean, seriously, like imagine that really happening. Would you be laughing? Imagine if that was you. Imagine if that was your friend. Imagine if that was your mother. You know, like, your, imagine if someone caught that on YouTube, or they were, they were filming it. So now that's up on YouTube. The kids got to go up and see this. Now this, this chick is now, like, going viral for pissing over a whole crowd at, at the Essence Center. That's something that will be there forever. I mean, is that really funny? I don't you know, I don't know. I, I, not to me. That wasn't really funny to me. So, so there was that. And, and these are just some of the scenes that stood out to me the most. Now, she meets the, the Queen Sugar dude. I forget his name. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I think it's Kofi in real life. So she meets him. They, they kind of exchange eye contact. And what I, one of the things that I found was interesting is that those types of festivals, it, it, it was very realistic. Because if you notice it, there was really no connection. And I'm, I'm glad they did it like this. I'm glad they didn't try to make it into some type, something that it wasn't or that it would never be. Some type of Tyler Perry thing, oh, my gosh, they lock eyes, they, you know, fall deeply in love, they have this great connection, they end up getting married. I'm glad they didn't do that because that's not what happens. Nobody wipes up the chick 
that pisses on the on the crowd. Nobody wipes up the chick that's butt naked in the freaking dress. Like it doesn't happen like that. What happens is exactly what happened in the film is she gets smashed that night and then never called again. That's it. It's like yo, yo, my man, remember that uh remember that freak chick on the bungee card that the on bungee cord that pissed on the on the crowd? Yeah, yeah, I hit that. Yeah, she put a grapefruit on me and she sucked me off. Like that's that it all it all makes for a good story. That's how it goes. And I'm, so I'm glad. I, that's one thing I liked about the film. It's very, very realistic. There really wasn't anything in the film to me that was unrealistic the way maybe in the past you've heard me talk about Tyler Perry, somebody's, uh, you know, a gay man trying to make a, a, a story about heterosexual people. Like, you know, so there wasn't really any of that. So I respected that about, about this film. So, but that's how it goes. So, you know, you end up back at the crib. Yeah, she's, she, she, she's trying to get a signal. She's drunk. She's trying to get a signal so she can call her kids, and she's up on her shoulders. Like, come on. You got your crop, your crotch wrapped around my neck. Oh, I'm hitting that tonight. Like, you know what I'm saying? And the funny thing is a lot of women, they think they can do stuff like that but not be looked at as hoes. And that's one of the things that I just want women to understand is that when you present your day, a lot, a lot of women think, oh, I'm just flirting. Or I'm just being a freak. It's just all. It's just fun. Well, no, we don't. We don't really have all those different categories. It's just you're a hoe. Either you're respectable or you're a hoe. You're a potential sex target, and that's what she became to him. It's like, oh, you 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 ride around. You you walk around on my. Um, you know, there was this girl. I remember this time we were at this bowling party, me and the homies, and there was this freak chick there, and she was letting all these different dudes just pick her up. It was like, I don't even know what her issue was. Like, she was going around tickling people, I guess. And so when, when she would tickle them, they would, like, grab her and throw her over the shoulder and carry her around real quick. It was like, okay, you're being pa- you're allowing yourself to be passed around by all these dudes. Like, you're getting smashed off. Like, somebody's knocking that off at the end of the night. And somebody did. A few people did, actually. And so that's basically what that is. She basically turned herself into a hoe. So in his mind, he's like, oh, I'm hitting that tonight. So what happened? Where did they end up? That same night, the first night, which is usually how it goes down, first night, no dates, no nothing, no wine and dining, just straight back to the crib, back to the telly. She ends up, they're making out up again. She's up on the, uh, was it, the sink or whatever. And he's about to smash. And he pulls out his thing. And she's like, whoa. So, you know, evidently it was too big. You know, and a lot of went, okay, ha-ha, that's funny. What I find to be funny was that here we have this single mother of two kids who basically took a girl's trip and was about to get smashed off in a bathroom by a total stranger. You know, that, and the reality, and you know, you guys listen to the show, you know, these situations are all too common. You know, a lot of women will have their future husbands, their future boyfriends believe, oh, you know, I've only been with, you know, five people. I've only been with ten people. Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't sleep around. But those little excursions, those little indiscretions, in many cases, most cases, they don't get added to the list. Ladies, how many of those aggressions have been subtracted, have been erased from your sexual list. 
if you had got into a conversation, how many? Was it 10, 11, 34? How many? How, but you know what I'm saying? What's the, the real number? And what I always tell women is this. If you have to lie, if you have to be ashamed, you know, if you have to act like something didn't happen, you know, swear, have your friends swear to secrecy about something, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, it's not worth making yourself a hoe. Your respectability should be what's most important, whether whether anyone will ever find out or not. Just because you go away doesn't mean you have to have sex, doesn't mean you have to be a hoe. I said online, I said it's fine to go on a girl's trip. I said just don't be a hoe on that girl's trip. You know, and so it's this was to me the, the, one of the sadder parts of it because, like I said, this was someone who was actually, you know, trying to be good trying to do the right thing. And, and and by hanging out with her negative, miserable girlfriends, they turned her into a hoe. You know, and so what so there's that. But then they end up later on actually having sex. It's like, yo, you get smashed. Watch this though. She gets smashed. She lets the dude smash. You hear her moaning and moaning and moaning which is weird, but then after they're having sex, and then she comes out for the grapefruit. The sex was before. Then after the sex, then she sucks him off with the grapefruit or attempts to. Then that's the, you know, the whole thing. Like, oh, he even said, yo, what happened to a regular blowjob? It's like, hold on. Why are you giving this man a blowjob after you already let him smash? I mean, not to say you should be doing that at all, but I was just like, wondering, hold on. Why are you even doing that? Like, what? Let me tell you something. I'll tell you a private story. One time I was, I was having an intimate moment with this young woman, and, you know, we had, we, we had sex. And she, after the sex, she, she, she sucked it, but she sucked the condom off. Like, she, the condom was on, she sucks it off and then disposes of it. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, yo. You dirty chick. You nasty, freaky hoe. Like, that was just some nasty stuff. That was just like, whoa. Like, she, like, grabs it off with her mouth, sucks it off, wraps it up, and throws it in the trash. Like, like she had done that before. Like, she obviously done it before. But, you know what I'm saying? But she, she specifically, you know, did that. Like, it was, like, to, specifically to be a freak. I'm just like, wow. And I just, you know, I never forgot that. Cause I want, I just want how many other dudes that she done that with, and so with this Jada Pinkett situation, it's like, yo, that's, yeah, you're kind of a freak. And even even the dude was like, yo, whatever happened, just a regular blowjob. Like, what kind of freak chick are you? And the irony is that that's not even something that she would have done. She only did that because of Tiffany Haddish's character showing her. So you're now taking who's obviously a hoe, and I'll talk about her. I'm saving her for last. But you're taking all these these tricks and these these tactics, you know, specifically, you know, to be a hoe. So we'll see what happens. So so there's that. Now, when you look at so so eventually she lets them smash, and then later on at the end of the film they're all looking at it. Now I don't know if y'all have read Ezekiel twenty three. 
But this movie is a lot deeper than a lot of people are even uh, a lot of people even understand. It was some very specific things that were put. I'm gonna look at who directed this, but there's some really uh, satanic references in here because if you read Ezekiel 23 uh, in regards to how God looked upon a hola and a holy book for you know kind of bragging about their sexual exploits for for basically being hoes, he punished them. And the, if you look at the punishment, they were very se- severe, not because of the actual sex, but because of how they reminisced about the sex, how they bragged about the sex, how they just thought about it and basically reminisced positively about it. And if you look at this film, that's basically what they were doing and many other women do. You know, they, she took a picture of his penis and they were just kind of looking at it and laughing about it and just lusting after it. And it's just like, I mean, it's not even just looking. Men do the same thing. Like, when y'all send those those, those uh, breast pics, the boob pics, oh, they're definitely being passed along. Like, the same way the women were looking at it, that's how men are looking at those pictures that y'all send. But it's just like it's a little bit different because that it was just sex. You've now had a sex, like one more sexual partner added to your list, your list that you'll never claim, you'll never speak about again. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that's going to be somebody's wife. You know, and that is, I I cannot speak. A lot of people won't talk about this because it's unpopular, but I believe, I'm a firm believer that women need to understand there are very specific women that the best men are seeking to wife up. No, no one is perfect. No woman is perfect. I'm not going to, obviously, no one is perfect. Everyone has done things in their past they regret done certain things, but there are very specific women that the, that the best men are seeking to marry, and there are very specific things they're going to be looking for her not to have done or not to have a, a history of doing. You understand that? And you just got to, you have to understand that and try your best. Like I said, no one's perfect, but you have to try your best to not be that type of woman. All right. So, and I and I think Jada, aside from everyone else, it really epitomizes <clears throat> the the, uh, the vast majority of single. I shouldn't say the vast majority, but a large portion of women who are seeking love, um, women who are have been married or been in serious relationships, maybe have a few kids out here, you know, love God, trying to do the right thing, but it's that one guy or that one situation that comes about that causes them to just unleash that freak. And when that freak is unleashed, unfortunately for many women, it taints you. It, you know what I'm saying? And it's something that can be spotted and even sensed from a mile away from men seeking love. So, you know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, that's why nobody's approaching you. A lot of women, they call me. They call that 855-55-DAYDON. They email me. They say, DAYDON, what am I doing wrong? I don't understand. DAYDON, help me. Help me have love. It's about to be my busy season. That number is about to be blowing up in the phone. It always is, every year. I say, DAYDON, what can I do? What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I don't dress like those women. What am I doing? I said, let me ask you a question. Free consultation. Let me ask you a couple questions. I said, when's the last time you had sex? Who's hitting that? 
Who's blowing that back out? What's your ex-boyfriend doing? What role does he play in your life? What did you do down at Essence Fest? They say, ah, ha, 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 ha. I said, ha, 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 what you mean? What's so funny? They start laughing. What you, what you, I thought you just said you were different. I thought you just said you don't do none of that stuff. They said, ha, 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 start laughing. I said, okay. I said, well, there you go. I said, there's your answer. They said, what do you mean? It was just Essence. They died. It, it was just, it's just one time. It was just the girl. We just went to Mexico. That's it. You know, but you had sex down there, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, that's what you got to stop. You got to, I said, you got to chill because, you know, that stuff stays with you. It's not something I can really explain outside of a spiritual, you know, standpoint, but it's something that's just going to literally, you know, reek from your pores. And Jada, her character for me really was the, one of the most important characters in the film to accentuate that point. Because a lot of people, a lot of women will look at Tiffany Hatch and go, okay, that's what, she's funny. Because I'm nothing like Tiffany Hatch. Most women can say, I'm nothing like her. I don't make those jokes. I don't do that. I never had no STDs. I'm not a freak. I don't cuss. I don't fight. I mean, she just like epitomized every possible negative stereotype in the film. You know what I'm saying? It's Tiffany Hatch. Most women are nothing like her. Think that, you know, most women that listen to this show, at least, most women that would even be a part of this conversation, I'm nothing like that. But most women, most black women, cannot say they are absolutely nothing like Jada Pinkett's character in the film. Most women either have a guy or have had guys in the past you know, that have played this, a similar role in their life or in their bedroom as the dude from Queen Sugar. And, and maybe they still lust after that guy. Maybe they still seek out another guy like that in the future. They fantasize. They reminisce. They still look at the pictures or whatever the case is. And then they sit back and wonder, and, and, and many turn their backs to God even and get angry. God, God, why am I not married? Why can I not have love? The answer is, in many cases, the same as what you saw with Jada Pinkett's character. So when, you, when you're reflecting after this show, after you're beating yourself up, after you're writing me the hate mail or secretly defriending me off of Facebook or whatever it is you feel like you need to do because I'm keeping it so real today, I want you to ask yourself, like, wow, you know, am I mad at him? Am I mad at God? Or am I mad at myself? So I got, I got about 30 minutes. So I'm going to use this 30 minutes. I want to talk about Tiffany Haddish's character. I probably need more than that. I should have saved more time. should have left Donald Trump out. But so if you look at the beginning, like how they introduce her, <clears throat> she basically is a some type of worker in corporate America. I don't know what kind of job that was, but, you know, just your typical, loud, ghetto, violent, overly sexual, disrespectful, immature, emotionally damaged. I mean, like, every possible stereotype I can think of, her character fit. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, like, literally every possible stereotype for negativity associated with African-American women could be attributed to Tiffany Haddish's character. And it's like, and it's, for me, because like I said, this is my business. I've been doing this for over 10 years now. For me, there's nothing funny about that. A black woman epitomizing 
literally everything that I'm trying to help women overcome is not funny to me. Now, it might be to you if that's not your job, if that's not your business, or you just don't give a damn. But for me, I take my job seriously, take my calling seriously, my ministry, my business. So for me, someone that epitomizes all of those negative traits, it, you know, it's just not funny. In fact, it's just, in fact, it's just sad. So, like I said, so she gets fired from the job um, for for uh, attacking basically the Indian dude. You know, uh, she gets fired from the job. She acts like she's not fired. You know, tells the boss, "Oh, stop playing, whatever." And he's like, "No, you're fired." Like, and she just wasn't. I mean, okay, ha ha. I guess that was one of the things that was supposed to be viewed as funny. I mean, I didn't really find that funny, but I don't know if people did or not. Um, but she, another thing that stood out, you know, she just, I mean, she was just a hoe. You know what I mean? Like, she was just a hoe. Like, and I think one of the things that's missing in society, you know, back in the day, people were not afraid to define hoeish behavior. You know, like, when I was younger and even throughout high school and college, like, it was just like, okay, ho- being a hoe is not cool. Like, I, this is all new for me. And may, hopefully many of you, like, we came from the same place. I'm like I said, I'll be 40. When I was young, okay, there, there were no people, there were no movies, there were no TV shows that glorified Polish behavior. In fact, it was the opposite. Black women would protest. Black women would, you know, speak out against anything that depicted them as hoes or as being less than respectable. You know, you remember the, the people protesting the Nelly videos, the chip drill, like that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was not okay back then. And so now it's like everyone is cheering her on. They're cheering on this behavior. They're laughing. There was a time not so long ago when people would have been boycotting this stuff. And people were boycotting. Where are all the people back in the day who boycotted stuff like this? Because it's not this. You guys know this wasn't always accepted, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like there was more so the Co- the Cosby Show or stuff like A Different World that was still funny, you know, or, you know, Fresh Prince stuff like that. Uh, but it was not hoish. It wasn't it wasn't comedy that was buffoonish. And in fact, it was a, a good amount of time where we we just got rid of all the buffoonery and comedy. It was Family Matters. There was uh, the Parenthood, there was Damon Wayans and Tisha Campbell, even Martin, you know what I'm saying? We had gotten away from, for a good amount of time, all of the the buffoonery and the, and the stuff that made us look like imbeciles and buffoons. But now with Love and Hip Hop and Real Side Chicks of Charlotte and all this stuff, it's, you know, it's just back. You know what I'm saying? The buffoonery is back. Now Girls Trip is just setting us back, setting us back decades. Decades and decades, and it just sets us back. All that progress that we made of, you know, being able to turn on the TV and, and turn on and go to the movies and see black women in a positive light, respectable light. It's all, you know, it's all out the window. It's all going to get worse and worse and worse because, again, we're talking about them profiting, you know, anywhere between 50 to $70 million. So anytime you can make that much money off of showing black women as hoes, and that's already the agenda to begin with, what do you think they're going to do next? So so back to Tiffany Haddish's character. So she threatens her coworker. 
You know, she wants to fight him. Talking about snitches get stitches. So she just fight this 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 horrible example of a woman. Now, if you go back to so now that they're at Essence, fast forward to Essence. She finds out that her uh her you know, Regina's husband is Luke Cage, he's he's having sex with the chick. She breaks the bottle off in the lobby and puts it up to his neck like she's gonna cut him. Like this is a, a, a expensive top notch hotel. And this is how you're behaving? Like that's that's funny to you, you know, like to the point where you could be arrested for assault. You know, so that's what she does. So she gets kicked out of the hotel. They all get kicked out of the hotel. That's when they end up, you know, go back, have to go back to the uh, the motel, Motel 6, with the crazy white dude. So they do that. I'm, I'm watching the film, and there was, I mean, like every scene was just like raunchiness. But one of the things that I found to be extremely disturbing in the beginning, she was like, yeah, I found out. It's chlamydia, y'all. It ain't, it ain't nothing else. It ain't. HIV, it ain't, you know, it's just chlamydia. I can get cured. No. Who, like, what is, is that funny? It, I mean, really, like, is it, really, is getting chlamydia funny? Is having s- casual sex raw, you know what I'm saying, with a total stranger, you know, being infected, is that really something that is funny? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't laugh. I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, yo, why, why are people laughing at this? It's like, I, I got chlamydia. Like, that's not really funny. So, I mean, I wouldn't think it is. I mean, maybe you, maybe y'all have a different sense of humor, but I didn't find that funny. She's like, yeah, you know, I got chlamydia. Ha ha. It ain't. It's curable. I'm gonna go take these drugs, whatever. And and then go back down to try to do it all again. Cause I'm, and I'm fast-forwarding, but what did she say at the end of the movie? At the end of the movie, she's like, yeah, whatever. And as a matter of fact, when they were arguing, remember when they were arguing, she's like, oh, I'm clapped back. She's like, I, she's like, look, the clap. She's like, I already, I, I've been there, done that. I already had the clap. I'm like, what? You already had the clap. So now you, so you had chlamydia and the clap? And it's just like, yo, what kind of chick is this? Like, you, just, you believe in condoms? You know what I'm saying? You know, and then she said at the end of the film, I'm gonna go ask me a celebrity. And it's just like, yo, like that's like very uh bold. She says she's gonna go F her a celebrity. So she this shows that she has a history of having raw sex. Right? Which which and if we look around at the African American, you know, community, that's a very common you know, practice, and, and no one will really admit this, but we got to, you know, me, I'm going to keep it real. I got to keep it real. You know, the reality is everyone finds this movie so funny, and specifically her so funny is because maybe not everything, but there's a lot of they can relate to with her. A lot of women have had chlamydia. A lot of women, you know, have unprotected sex. A lot of women are violent. They fight, you know what I'm saying, and you know, be, would be willing to fight. You know, chicks that they find out are sleeping with their man or the you know the man, or you know, or their their friend's man. You know, and that's funny because a lot of this stuff people is relatable. A lot of women, can, I mean, the whole movie was relatable. A lot of these women go to Essence Festival, they get smashed off by strangers that look similar to the dude from Queen Sugar. 
this whole that's the whole popularity of this stuff. For me, you know, why did Birth of a Nation make no money? You know why? Because nobody can really relate to it. You know what I'm saying? That's not our era. Where for me, that was an Oscar-worthy film, and this was complete garbage. Why did one make thirty million opening weekend? Birth of a Nation made less than ten million opening weekend. Why? Because it's relatable. It's funny. It doesn't cause us to really self-reflect. I mean, that's. I mean, if, if we're being honest, that's what's really going on. Everyone has. It's like everyone likes to view themselves as the Regina Hall. You know, some people actually are the Jada Pinkett, <laughs> and many people, when that wild side comes out, they turn into Tiffany Haddish. You know, I mean, and they got that that big sister, that that cousin, like Queen Latifah. You know, and that's just kind of how their life is, and, and you know. That's one of the reasons why it made so much money. Not so, not because it was so funny, but because it's relatable. And like I said, I, maybe I didn't laugh that much because like I can't relate to this, and I don't want to be able to relate to this. You know, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, Tiffany has her character. You know, it, 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 she kind of reveals this at the end, but she's very depressed. And ironically, even in real life, she's depressed. She said on the Breakfast Club. And she's someone who just deep down wants true love. You know, she doesn't want to be a hoe. No one wants to be a hoe. But she just wants love. She just wants a husband, wants someone to love her. But because she struggles with that low self-esteem, that low self-esteem, why I said, look, I did a show. Maybe probably one of my first shows, maybe like six, seven, eight years ago, um, on the effects of low self-esteem. Some of you may remember that. And, and, and low self-esteem and insecurity will make women do a lot of different things. For some women, it will make them stay in a bad relationship like Regina Hall's character. Other women, it will cause them to be overly sexual. Jada Pinkett, some women are like that where they don't really let that side out a lot, but when they do, they're getting that grapefruit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just different things, you know, Um but, yeah, so, so Tiffany Haddish decides, oh, yeah, you know, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do to please your man. So she shows her the, the grapefruit technique. So my thing is, how did she even learn how to do that? Who even thinks to do something like that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, who, who thinks about stuff like that? You know, and, and it's something It's like those are the types of things that, the reality is if we see you doing things like that in the bedroom, it's going to tell us a couple of things. So, okay, you, this is how you are. This is what you have a history of doing. So I'm going to stay far. I'm going to, I'm going to have sex with you, but I'm going to keep it on that level. You know? One of the things that I found also, this is kind of unrelated, but and it, was, it was weird how they – you know, I told you this, this movie is a lot deeper than, a lot, than people want to realize or might even might realize. But she says something. There's a lot of demonic references, uh, satanic references in Hollywood, obviously, a lot of symbolism. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Old Testament uh, that talks about the Nephilim, you know, different um, stories of uh, man having sex with demons or uh, angels even uh, maybe being raped over in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, they talk about the angels being present. And, and them being attacked by 
the people, which was one of the things that ultimately caused God to uh, destroy, you know, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, that whole story with, you know, with fire, was ultimately because of the sexual disrespect shown to to his angels. And if you if you look at it, they how in that one scene where Tiffany Haddish made such a big deal about the the uh, the hotel being haunted. Like, oh, you don't want to go in there, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you know, there, there's ghosts in there, it's haunted. You know, I, a ghost was trying to have sex with me. Like, all of that is very, that's what Hollywood does. They put stuff in there in, like, a comedic nature, you know, but it's it, 99.9% of the time is a direct biblical reference. And that's what, what Jay-Z has become so great at. Uh, Beyonce has become so great at Kanye West at, at taking, you know, clear and blatant biblical references and making a mockery of them, you know, to for comedy or whatever entertainment purposes. And that's one of the things that that you know really has led the Bible to God and to put into the Bible uh, about how He will not be mocked. I talked about that when I did my special on a four four four, you know, Jay Z's new album. And so there's just a lot of those types of references, in it, and that was one of them. I don't know if you guys caught that. But go back when you get some time and research, you know, what the Bible says about ghosts or demons, you know, attacking uh, people, but from a sexual nature. It's, it, you'll, you'll be amazed, and you'll understand that that was not just a coincidence that they just happened to throw in there. There was a lot of things that she could have said in that scene, but, you know, certain things that just put there for certain purposes. Um, something else that I found to be interesting was when they, you know, they had to dance off in the, in the club and they, you know, they were fighting the Instagram, uh, you know, checking her friends. I mean, it was just, it's not becoming, you know, a lot of women pretend like, oh yeah, I would beat a bitch ass and this and that. But at the end of the day, that's not what anybody wants. You know, do you really think your husband wants his wife being out at an, an event? and having to wonder, is she going to fight someone if she steps on her foot or disrespect? No, no one wants that. No, You don't want to be that, that chick. You know, one of the things that my mom always used to tell me was you have to be better. You know, she said, you know, you have to be better than your white counterparts. You cannot do the same things that they can and be looked at the same way. Unfortunately, we live in a very racist and sexist society, you know, and one of the things, classist society even, and a lot of women, that's what you know, a lot of people will say, you know, well, what about these white movies? What about Amy Schumer or uh, what are the, the, those other movies that the chicks are in, the white chicks, and they act all crazy, Bad Moms or, you know, all these other movies, uh, Bridesmaids, you know, that type of stuff, similar types of things. Well, it's, it's a little bit different, though. You know what I'm saying? I, if nobody else will, I hold African-American women to a very higher stand, a much higher standard. And, you know, so I wouldn't expect to see women, you know, acting like white women. You know, there was a time when you know, I went to school at, a, at an all-white college, you know, IUP. And, you know, it was like a running joke that if you wanted some quick sex, you wanted to go get some, some you know, meet a freak, <clears throat> you would go over to the white frat parties or the sorority house and just get one of these drunk white chicks. 
because they're so easy and they'll let you do anything. You know what I'm saying? Those the white women were known to be the easy women, whereas black women was like there was a certain level of respectability with just just black women as a whole. But it's like if you wanted a quick, you know, a quick lay, go go get one of the drunk white chicks. They'll they'll let you do anything. And historically, that's always been the stereotype. Not saying it's true necessarily, but that was the stereotype growing up. But now, and I and this is the most ironic thing ever. Now. And sadly to say the stereotype has changed. It's actually reversed. It's totally changed. Now when the guys go out, it's it's not, you know, let me go find a drunk white chick. It's let me go find one of these drunk black sluts. You know, these freaks, these hoes. You know, and they and whereas the women of other races are, are viewed as more Respectable, more classy. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not, you know, what I'm, I'm not. I have no agenda. I'm just literally just being honest with what it is. You know, what I'm saying like I'm around these men. I'm around these situations where that's the reality. That's the perception. I'm just saying that that did not always used to be the perception. It did not. In fact, it used to be the opposite. And we live in a society where now African American women have been literally put at the bottom of the totem pole, both by the media but also by black men, not because that's where we want you, because at the end of the day, everyone wants a black woman. That's what we naturally are positioned to want. But that's just, it's, that's just what it is. Any man will tell you when you go out, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're not, you're finding the level of respectability you know, is, is at an all-time low, whether either you're going to end up with, you're going to meet Tiffany Haddish's character, you're going to meet a, a lesbian like, like Queen Latifah, you're going to meet a married freak like Regina Hall with low self-esteem, or a closet freak like Jada Pinkett just waiting, you know, for somebody to make a hoe out of them. And, and, and it's important to say that none of these women, they all bring different perspectives to the equation, but none of these women are the type of woman any man would want for a wife. Now, if you're watching this or you watch this film or you're listening to this show and you're, you're thinking, wow, cool, I hear you, but I'm nothing like the Queen Latifah character. I'm not, nothing like the Regina Hall's character. I'm certainly nothing like Tiffany Haddish's character and I'm nothing like Jada's character, then I say more power to you, and you're probably married. I'm happy to say that my wife is nothing like any of those characters. And if you're listening, hopefully you're nothing like any of those characters either. But, and this, and that, you know, this isn't something that anyone's going to admit to publicly or anything like that, but just internally, if you're listening to this show silently and secretly somewhere at your desk or in your bedroom or wherever, you know, and you just want to hear what I had to say, but you don't want to let anyone know that you wanted to listen to what I had to say. That's perfectly fine. But if you're listening and you're thinking like, hmm, you know, I guess I like the movie. The, not the reason I'll admit to, but the real reason, the deep down reason, is because I can relate to Jada's character. You know, yeah, I am a little, I come off on Facebook, kind of conservative, but yeah, that 
that one dude a couple of years ago. He blew my back out all crazy. Yeah, I, that was funny to me. I can I can relate to it. I got a little wild that weekend with the girls. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to it. Or you know what? In college, I used to be like Tiffany Haddish's character. Or you know what? My marriage really isn't all that great. And honestly, Dayton, I know my husband is cheating, or I know my boyfriend is cheating. And if the right guy came along, I know I would give him that ass just to piss him off. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Gross Chip made $30 million opening weekend. That's why it's still making money. Nobody will admit to this. The movie critics won't talk about this. In fact, there's probably not a soul on this planet other than myself that will tell you the real reasons why Gross Chip is so, so successful and it's so popular. But that's it. And what I'm telling you all is, if you can, try your best not to be like any of those characters. Like I said, it, it, you know, respectability is what is is where it's at. Respectability in class um, is where it's at. That's how you want to be. You know, you don't want to be a fighter, a cusser. You know, putting a grapefruit on somebody's penis and trying to suck up. Like that's what hoes do. You know, that's what hoes do. There's no, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want a woman to do that. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even see, and that's the misconception. A lot of women, they think this stuff is is funny. They think this stuff is desirable. Nobody wants their wife to do that for them. Nobody wants their, you know what I mean, their, their, their girlfriend to do that for them. You know, that's stuff that you, you ask hoes to do. And and the, and the fellas know this. The fellas, this, I'm not saying that men, all men don't already know, but this is news to a lot of women. This is common knowledge to any man. There are very specific things, ladies, that men ask hoes to do, like we like like that like that dude. Why women look at this this film from the female perspective, but if this film was done from a different perspective, from Lorenz Tate's perspective, from the dude from Queen Sugar's perspective, it would be a totally different film. And and watch this: the women would hate it. The women would hate this. Hate the movie. They would hate it. Absolutely, because there's a serious difference between how women look at these types of sexual situations and how men view it situations. See, watch this. Jada didn't view her, probably doesn't view herself as a hoe. Jada's friends probably didn't view her as a hoe. But when the dude Kofi, when he goes back and tells his homies, "Yo, da 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 da," I had to check up on my shoulders. I took her back to the telly. I was going to smash. I already smashed her. Then she went to go get grapefruit. She put it on me and sucked me up. Like, there's a serious difference in, in, in how men view women and how women view these types of situations. And it's not good. And so I just want you to think about that. You never want to put yourself in that situation to be viewed as a host. So, you know, like I said, if you liked it, cool. You liked it. That's what's up. But if you take anything away from it, just, just take, like, wow. If I go away or when I go away, I don't want to be like that. You know, if I have a friend like Tiffany Haddish's character, I'm not going to laugh at her. I'm going to pray for her. If I see someone like Regina Hall's character going through I'm not going to try to exploit her or gossip about her. I'm going to try to, you know, show her, like, yo, God might have somebody better for you out there. You know what I mean? You don't have to deal with this type of stuff. You know, just look at it from that perspective. And, you know, I think everybody will be better off. So, but, again, thank you all for listening in and, um, like I said, uh, the fall is coming. 
the holiday season is coming. If you want to uh, set up a free consultation for uh, relationship counseling, hit me up, 855-55-DADON. Uh, follow me on social media, at Dadon Tolbert, Instagram, Facebook. Everything is at Dadon Tolbert. Uh, add your, uh, yourself to the Friends of the Dadon Tolbert Show group. We have some really good discussions in there. And, uh, again, I apologize for the technical difficulties, but like I said, it was a crazy thunderstorm when we first got started. So, um, But thank you for listening, and I will see you all next time.
Motivated you, girl. Date on me. 